Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the bullpen. In the bullpen today, we have Mr. Julio Rosas, senior writer for Town Hall and author of Fiery, but mostly peaceful, the 2020 riots and the gaslighting of America. Julio, good to have you on the program. How are you? I'm doing good, sir. How are you? I'm doing quite well, brother. All right. We're going to chop it up about a couple of items. No knock warrants contextualized through the now new story of Mr. Amir Locke being killed. And if we have time, we're going to get to immigration policy in America. I don't want to know what you presume. I don't know what you presume or believe about no knock warrants and specifically the killing of Mr. Locke. So if you would give us your sentiment and I will respond. Well, so generally, I can understand why people are against uh, no-knock warrants, uh, and I can also understand why law enforcement would want to use them in the first place. Because uh, for with this specific case with Amir Locke, it's my understanding that uh, the subject of the warrant, which Locke was not, uh, it was a particularly violent individual, and the neighbors had called the police on on him a couple of times, and so that's why uh, Minneapolis police uh, opted to get a no-knock warrant for that individual, but not for Mr. Locke. It's just that, unfortunately, in this case, is that then it resulted because you know I saw the I saw the body cam footage from from that from that incident, and you know yeah, it did take only nine seconds from when the police entered as they were shouting "police search warrant" to then you know shooting him. It's it's just it's just kind of one of those things where it was just kind of a perfect combination of of just things not going the way they probably should be going. And I, I can uh, I can understand why people would be against no knock warrants, except for extreme circumstances like hostage situations. Are you against uh, them? Uh, I can see why they could be utilized in very specific situations. Come on, man. Come on. We, we don't do that here. We talk directly here. Are I'm, you I, I, against no knock warrants, except for extreme situations? You, you're here to debate and converse with me, not to just represent what somebody else may think. So do you believe? That no knock warrants are problematic except for extreme situations. Yeah, yeah, they are. Okay, so let me bring some humanity to this, and I think you would agree with me. The policy in Minneapolis was proclaimed to be no knock warrants no longer exist, it's except for extreme situations. And they specifically noted hostage situations in the literature. I mean, that was a written proclamation on the campaign website of Jacob Fry, the mayor. So when this happened, everybody started scratching their heads saying, wait a minute, we have a prohibition now. We have a new policy. How can a no knock warrant be served in our city? Well, what they found out is that they never dismissed the practice and they were not using it for the extreme situations they said. The bottom line is this, Julio. Mr. Locke is supposed to be alive today, okay? And I would assume you're a conservative, right? Yes, sir. Okay. You're down with the NRA? Uh, well, yeah, yes, uh, but they've, they, as an organization, they've kind of fallen. Uh, right. They, they've lost their way. Generally, generally, yes, but more just not necessarily an NRA diehard, more of just a pro Second Amendment individual, yes. Well, okay, great. You're pro Second Amendment. All right, we could work with that. Yeah. Pro Second Amendment means you believe it's constitutional to have or bear an arm. 
Well, that's yes, because sir. the Constitution says that, right? So that's yep. naturally you will believe that. And and I agree with you. Now there are individuals that are Second Amendment activists. They are advocates of it. They fight for it. They fight to protect it. They create organizations around it. They create clubs and affiliations. They create literature. They write about it. Tell me this, brother. Why is it that every time we see a situation where a black male has a gun and that black male is killed, we can go from Castile to Mr. Locke. Black man is killed. He's in possession of what he constitutionally should be in possession of. But we don't hear you Second Amendment guys come out in support of the lawful possession of that firearm and denounce the police activity. And let me tell you why I bring this to your doorstep. Because mm-hmm. if you don't say anything when they're knocking on your neighbor's door, what's going to happen when they knock on your door like that? So why is it that these Second Amendment, pro Second Amendment groups are silent when it comes to gun owners like Mr. Locke? Well, no, I definitely agree with you. And that that was one of the reasons why I started to not really be a huge fan of the NRA as I once was when in the case of Philando Castile because he would have a lawful concealed mm-hmm. carry license. Right. And I was actually, I actually, Knew one of the people who ran the social media for the NRA at the time, and I asked him, "Hey, well, why aren't you? Are you going to say anything about this?" And at the time, they told me no, and I was very, very shocked at that. Are you still a member of the NRA? I I am not a member of the NRA. Okay. Now, when that happened, and I'm taking you somewhere because everything you've said it makes common sense to me. You you didn't understand why the NRA did not support Mr. Castile. That makes sense. Okay. Now. You know this is a group that identifies with your values and you identify with them on the conservative political level. Mm-hmm. Why do we not see more people like you willing to call out organizations like the NRA when they are silent on black men or black women who are lawful gun owners being killed by the police and they should be alive? Why aren't you all calling them out? I don't have issues calling out Democrats at all. So mm-hmm. why don't you all start calling them out in a very public and direct way? Well, I think you're seeing it. I mean, because as we're finding out more information about with Mr. Locke, and because, you know, he did have, from my understanding, it was a lawful possession. He was in lawful possession of it. I think you, you, you kind of need to pay more attention to kind of the conservative side of Twitter because I have many friends who are pro Second Amendment people who are more than happy, and I've seen it on my timeline. Now, I, I do agree that maybe the organizations should be more willing to speak out on it more. I think what happens is though, is that what is that they're going to be seen as anti-law enforcement, which then kind of goes into the broader context of you know what what has been happening in Minneapolis, and you know I think when it, when it comes to situation if it's unjust then people should be willing to speak up about it, and I think hopefully in this case that we're just waiting for more information and making just sure that all of our ducks are in a row in order to make sure that we're going to really stake a claim on it because unfortunately there have been situations where just one piece of video. Uh, doesn't tell the whole story. I'm not saying that's the case here. I'm just saying that uh, at least for the conservative side, at least from my from what I've seen from my side, is that we kind of want to wait and see more just to make sure that you know if it isn't if it really is injustice, then okay, yeah, we're more than happy to to speak out about that. Um, and Julio, think, Julio, yeah. brother, y'all not gonna say a damn thing, and you've already proven that no one's going to speak up because you just highlighted. Mr. Castile, who's dead, who's yeah, in lawful and, possession, and, and, and he told the police about officer, that. 
that. No, but but listen, not not the time. Second Amendment groups, not the not the leadership of the Republican Party, not the NRA, and you all are their support base. See, there's a reason why I'm calling on you to be that kind of leader. I'm calling on you to be that kind of leader because you're much you're in a much better position being who you are to call them out than being who I am. They expect me to be antithetical. They expect me to be adversarial. They don't expect it to come from inside. And when it starts coming from inside, it creates a different conversation dynamic. I'm okay that you disagree with me politically. I'm okay with our political differences. But you and I actually agree that Mr. Castile should be alive. And that if you are pro second amendment, you should defend the actions of Mr. Castile who said, listen, I have a lawful firearm and I have a concealed carry permit. You should be on my side in a very public way as it relates to Mr. Locke. And you said something interesting, I think it's true, it's just unfortunate. You said people are basically afraid to do it on the right because they will be seen as anti-law enforcement. Well, listen, I get that, but they gotta start growing a spine at some point. I'm seen as anti-law enforcement, even though I'm not, I'm only anti-bad cop. But I get the threats, I get the emails, I get the blogs writing about me. I'm willing to take that because I'm not going to sit back and simply allow people to die without me saying something when it's unlawful. So either we have a backbone or we don't. Yeah, no, I know I definitely agree with that. And and like I said with 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 this case and as we've seen when previous cases where there's only one uh video out for it, I think that we want to just make sure that what we're seeing is what we're true is what we're truly seeing because again, you know, I mean, I I'm waiting for me personally, and this is and I, I've done it with every single case when it comes to something controversial, whether it's a school shooting. Uh, it was in the case of the Jacob Blake shooting. Uh, remember, because that that was that whole thing was started with one single video, and I covered Kenosha, the Kenosha riots that after. Uh, we want to make sure that what we are going to before we start throwing accusations out for, for example, uh, pro Second Amendment groups not speaking up about something. That we want to make sure that they're what we're seeing is what we're truly seeing, whether it's an injustice or whether it's not. And I think it's just right. that simple. Yeah, it's not that simple because you all supported Kyle Rittenhouse before you knew a damn thing about well, I the was, case. Well, all I right. was there. I, well, right. hold on, hold on. You, saw, you were there with Kyle Rittenhouse? I, I was there. You I were with Kyle Rittenhouse? I filmed You were an accomplice? I, I filmed him. You were an uh, accomplice? I was not an accomplice. Well, you first were off, with Kyle Rittenhouse. I was not with Kyle Rittenhouse. Oh, okay. I was I was covering the riots in Kenosha, and I happened okay. to see him shoot in self-defense in the second half of it. Yes. Okay. Um, Kyle Rittenhouse is a murderer, in my opinion. Uh, I understand he's been found not guilty by a court of his uh, a court of his right. uh, no, jury know, of his I, peers. But I can tell. I, but I can tell you, as someone who was there, he is not a murderer. He shot in self-defense. I can, as literally as someone who was an eyewitness to that night. Yes. You saw the same thing the video showed. I still believe he's a murderer. For various reasons, we could come and debate that on another show. But I do I'm want sure to highlight something you said specifically. Um, when when we talk about, or when you talk about, you need to see more, right? You're waiting to see more, get more information. In the video that you have seen, and I assume you've seen the killing the body of Amir Locke, right? You've seen yes. the body camera. I saw the body camera, yes, sir. What could change based on what you've seen? What is it that could change your mind that may not be present in that video? Well, like I said, I just want more information on what, but what? I was. Well, I just want to know what was he doing? In he was asleep. That, that in an apartment that wasn't his. And again, it I'm doesn't not, matter. He was asleep, bro. He can my, be my, in my an initial, apartment that's not his. It don't matter not, what he was doing. I'm not saying he can't be. And and honestly, my my initial impression that it was a bad shoot. That's my initial. Okay, impression. but I'm saying when you say things like 
I'm waiting on more information. I want to see more video. I need more context. I'm, I'm asking you in your world, what could make what you saw in the video different? What could make that outcome justifiable for what the police did? Well, to be clear, I'm not saying it was justifiable. Like I said, but you initial- said you're waiting on more information before making a determination, and you or you're waiting on more video. What yeah. more information? What information would change? What I'd do you like believe happened? Well, because apparently there was, t- I mean, there's other police officers in in that room, right? Obviously, and so maybe. Just having their body cam footage, although apparently one of them wasn't working, so that's you know that's not great for transparency at all, right? But I, like I said, my initial impression is that I think it was a bad shoot, and I don't think it's unreasonable just to see if there's anything else that can make maybe something else known that we don't know right now. But that's what I'm saying. I don't know that, and because I wasn't in the room, neither were you, and all we have off is one is one video, and if other Evidence comes out to that it confirms that was a bad shoot. Then okay, then let, let, let's move forward and let's and like I said, generally no lock warrants, as I said before, uh, not a big fan of because it can lead to situations. Are like you this a gun because, owner? Uh, yes, sir, I am. Somebody uh, breaks in your house at three o'clock in the morning. You have access to your gun. What are you doing? They woke you I'm, up. They're inside of your home. What are you doing? I'm grabbing my gun. Okay, I appreciate you making my point. This is actually a bipartisan issue. Sixty-four point four eight percent of total respondents in a survey that was done showed that Democrats and the majority of Democrats and the majority of Republicans are actually against no knock warrants in their current formation. That go that number goes to almost 70% for Democrats, but it's at 64% for Republicans. So this is literally one of the very few massive, like this is a big issue, but it's actually a bipartisan issue. Why do you think Republican lawmakers in particular have been adversarial to the notion of creating rules to limit no knock warrants in federal legislation. Well, like I said, I think the the kind of worry that they have as politicians is that they're going to be taken and seen as someone who is anti-law enforcement in an environment where there is a but lot of anti-law enforcement. But isn't that wrong for them to say we're not going to support common sense good policy that that the majority of Americans agree with because we're afraid of what somebody may call us? Isn't that cowardly? It certainly can be, absolutely, and it's just not obviously limited to Republicans when it comes to certain things like this. But what again, what I will say is that unfortunately, sometimes Washington might want to come up with a solution, and it might be too much of a broad stroke where it might limit the police too much. I don't know. I haven't looked too closely personally at no-knock warrant federal legislation, but again, I think what whatever. We can do to make things, you know, make these situations like this not happen. Because, like I said, I think it was just a combination. It was just a perfect combination of of just things going wrong. No, no uh, warrants that- are are really unnecessary. And I only have a few minutes before the next show, but I think it's important to highlight that based on statistics, one poll found that roughly eighty thousand no knock warrants happen every year now. Okay. In 1972, you had a few hundred, 1980, you had 3,000, 1996, 30,000, 2001, 40,000. You know how many happened before 1972? None, zero, none. It was not part of policing. It was not how they policed and they still were able to effectively police. Now I'm sure that there were still some opportunities where people would run inside of a building because there's a hostage situation or to rescue someone. We're not talking about that. We're talking about warrants that are signed by judges that say you don't need to announce yourself to break into this home, right? So if they could do it and still do policing, 
before the 1970s without no knock warrants. Why do you think now all of a sudden it has become part of regular business in America when it wasn't even part of every now and then business before 1972? Well, I think it's certainly one of those things where we, where when everyone you know talks about what what exactly what good policing is, I think that can certainly be one of those uh, solutions, right? We're talking about limiting no no knock warrants. I, again, I understand why cops might feel the need to not do that, but we've unfortunately uh, had situations like lock time and time again. And so I think this is one of those areas where when we talk about what can policing, what reforming the police, not abolishing, not defunding. When we're talking about reforming, this could actually be one of the solutions. And I think you're absolutely right when it comes to this is a bipartisan thing, which is based off the polling that that you just mentioned. And so it's things like that. I think it's very important that we need to look at all of our options, and this could certainly be one of them. All right. It's been a pleasure, brother. I appreciate you coming on Indisputable. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much.